0: Hey guys and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. This week's episode is brought to you by... Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade ins are welcome. Visit them online at Bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256 442 2588 and also brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy, trophy fish than ever before and if you're interested in building a new pond or lake give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you if you're anywhere in the southeast schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com what's up guys welcome to the alabama freshwater fish report hope you guys are having a great week looks like it's going to be a pretty pretty good easter weekend of course it's easter weekend so that's obviously a very good thing and man hope you guys get to spend some time with your family and and uh get to church and man we got a lot to be thankful for and, and easter weekend i can't think of a better time to be thankful but uh so hope you guys all enjoy this weekend looks like we're gonna have some pretty decent weather at least on sunday but man glad to be back with you guys and i am looking forward to see what the fish are doing around the state some of this warm weather we're having so let's get to segment one uh let's go to the coosa river with my buddy joey nania what's going on joey not much i'm doing great man happy Easter. yeah happy easter man uh yeah it's a great time of the year. I love love the spring and and uh, that's one of the things. Uh, Easter's a one of one of a great favorite holidays for sure. Man, a lot to give thanks
1: for. Definitely. Man, how's the fishing been? Uh, the fishing's been really good the last couple of weeks. There's a lot of fun things going on, and uh, you know, obviously the weather's nice, and so that is always a blessing to be out there when the weather's nice. But the fishing is good when it warms up like this too, as most people already know. And I just, I love to catch fish offshore. I love catching fish, doing all kinds of different techniques, but offshore fishing is one of my favorite things to do. But at the same time, I enjoy the spring change every year where you can take, you know, a month or so and go fish the bank and catch a ton of fish. And I'm not saying you can't catch fish year round, but this is just that time of year when you can just have, have fun doing what I would call traditional bass fishing techniques, you know, where right. you're eating. Like fishing a worm down the bank, um throwing a shaky head down the bank. I've been throwing the Z Man Big T R D. Uh it's a four inch like stick bait, but it's elastic so that it floats up and it lasts forever. And that thing just you put that on a shaky head, like a one eighth or a three sixteenth ounce shaky head, and you're gonna catch a bunch of fish on it. Just going down the bank and uh the key is just knowing where the bass spawn that you're targeting. How
0: are you fishing that? Uh, on the shaky head, I mean, do you fish that? I mean, is, is that something you're trying to, you know, I, I know most people or a lot of our listeners probably know already. But is that something you're trying to, you're fishing that really slow? Uh, are you trying to fish it a little quicker and get a reaction bite
1: with it? Um, it's definitely slow moving this time of year. And there is an art to fishing a worm really well. And some guys are really good at it and some people aren't. And the ones that are good at it are patient. And you fish it slow and you pretty much maintain bottom contact, except for small hops where you're only moving the bait maybe a foot when you hop it. Um, and then just make letting that bait settle, I think, is one of the biggest keys, especially to a spawning situation. When you're chasing, targeting spawning fish with a shaky head, you have to believe that each cast is landing on or near a fish's bed. And I'm not talking about sight fishing um, necessarily, but I know which kind of places bass will spawn in my mind. And so I can look at a stretch of bank and I can pick off, you know, 20 targets in one stretch of bank as I'm trolling along that are places that are high probability of a fish spawning there. And then the way you work it is you've got to let the bait settle down and nestle down on the bottom. And you have to fish it with those small movements like I talked about. And then there's, you know, the whole bite detection. Bite detection is so important with worm fishing and fish in the spawn they're going to pick the worm up and they're going to swim with it they're not going to pick it up and hold it um, so they're going to sump it and they're going to swim away with it and so you have to be ready for your line to just go mushy or limp and detect that bite reel down and set the hook and then i try to get them back in the water as quickly as possible obviously so they can go successfully spawn unless i'm in a tournament but it's just there's an art to it but it's a lot of fun and when you get it in your mind and you know it's like oh that cast right there by that boat ramp that's along the seawall is going to have a spawner down one of the edges of that ramp or on the end of the ramp depending on the depth it's just fun you're picking your shots and you're anticipating the bite and you're catching them
0: yeah that sounds fun man and and so is that you know i know logan martin is there's there's so many heck there seems like there's you know 10 boat ramps on every stretch of a bank there uh you know every little place you look there's just there's just you know, boat boat ramp, ramps, is, is that what you kind of target? Do, they, do the bass spawn like on the edge of that boat ramp where kind of the the mud that, jump, that butts up next to the, the concrete?
1: That's just one example of a target that fish would spawn. Um, spotted bass spawn on everything hard. And there's a big difference in largemouth spawning behaviors and spotted bass spawning behaviors. Um, And it's really important to understand that if you wanna go catch largemouth on the bed, you gotta go to the back of pockets and the back of creeks typically. Um, Any little small cut pocket that's off of a main creek or off of the river is probably gonna have a largemouth or two spawning in it this time of year and for the next couple of weeks. Um, Now, spotted bass, like I said, they don't go running back into places to spawn. So they'll spawn wherever they are when the spawn, like when the, you know, they wanna spawn. So water in the mid sixties and a full moon type deal, when that happens, the spotted bass are going to pull up and spawn on anything hard. And Logan Martin is full of hard bottom. So just to try to keep it somewhat simple, um, on the Coosa River system, spots are either going to spawn on shallow gravel or rock places that are in creeks. So that would be like a shallow hump or a roadbed or a house foundation that's on a hump. For example, at Logan Martin, there's a lot of that. And it's anything that's five feet deep or less, it seems like those spots will spawn on it. Where largemouth are normally two feet or less. Now oh, if you're yeah. going, the other place yeah, the other place spotted bass spawn is out on the main river and they spawn down the banks of the main river. And so anything that's a little bit different down the main river bank, like if you're going down a seawall and there's a boulder out in front of the seawall, or a stick laying there, or anything they can they feel when they're going to look to spawn, they find that that tire that's sitting ten feet off the bank and three feet of water and they spawn next to it or they find that bigger that one isolated piece of rock that's a little bit bigger and they spawn right there on it and so they'll just be littered down the banks of the coosa river on any rock bottom or hard bottom place and you just get it in your mind i'll see dark spots you know i'll be going down the bank and see something that's a little bit dark out in the water and that's a rock or a piece of structure but those bass are gonna spawn on that piece of structure. And when it's full blown spawn, which it is right now, they're just on every one of those pieces of cover like that or pieces of structure like that that they're supposed to be on. So you look for them in the creeks, you look um, on those humps in the hard places, the points, humps, roadbeds, and then you look for them on the banks. And uh, that's just kind of the way I target the spots. And then for the largemouth, like I said, you get back in those pockets, back in the creeks, um, back in pockets that have grass on them, on the lower half of the Coosa River. Um if, or depending on if there's grass in the water, which Logan Martin there's not. Yeah. But the other Coose River have that. So that's how I target my spawners.
0: Man, that's that's good stuff. A lot of info, Great but info, just- dude. Do you fish for the spots different than you do the largemouth uh on the on the bed spawning fish? I know you do different locations and that's what you were talking about, but do you actually fish different
1: for That totally depends on which lake of the Acusa I'm on. Um if Logan Martin is a whole different animal because, you know, and sometimes Neely will be low, but the other Coosa River, or Weiss will be low, but the other Coosa River lakes are full pool right now, uh, Lay, Mitchell, and Jordan. So it depends on if you're on the northern half or the southern half. If you're on the, the southern half, which is Lay, Mitchell, and Jordan, then the largemouth are going to be in the grass or, in, you know, typically. And so a swim jig, a frog, something you can flip into the grass, like a Texas rig is really good. Um, and you can throw like a wacky rig down seawalls and down edges and stuff on those lakes. But on the Coosa River or on Logan, Neely or Weiss, I do catch those largemouth spawning on like a shaky head or a wacky rig just, you know, because there's not as much grass in the water. So I can throw that stuff in there better uh, without it getting hung. So I'm not going to be swimming a jig for spawners on Logan Martin right now where I would at like Lake or Mitchell or Jordan. So it just depends on the type of cover that's in the water and structure that's in the water
0: what about you know i know we talk a lot about electronics on here and and um, man i I know you're you're really good with yours when you're targeting fish on the bed you you know a lot of people sight fish right but do you also are you able to use your forward facing sonar to do that as well
1: so i can use it to see a boulder that's out off the bank or to see the tapered area on a point or to see like the edge the lip of the road bed if i'm fishing like the edge of an old road that's shallow and has fish spawning up against it so it definitely helps i'm not necessarily seeing the fish because they're going to be typically sitting pretty still down on the bed and they're tucked to the bottom so it's hard to get that dip you know see the separation between them and the bottom but now i did go to smith lake twice this last week and at smith lake i did a lot of that where i was panning up onto the shelf of the rocks i could see the the cliff edge of the shelf where they're spawning on. And I would see, you know, I'd even draw fish up on a swim bait or something and see them come up from six to eight feet of water and look at it. And then I'd watch them on the live scope and they'd go right back to this one rock. And I would throw a worm out there and work it slow and catch them. So, and that's all pinpoint live scope stuff. So it definitely helps. I mean, the, the, the technology helps every day, but sure. the spawn, and then it does help big time because one thing that most people don't know is that as soon as the spawn happens, there's post-spawn fish. As, sp- as soon as the spawn even begins, there's already post-spawn fish pretty much because female bass only stay on the bed for a day or two. So when you go down the bank, you're catching 90% males. And so where are all the girls at? Where, is, where are the females? They're out somewhere. You know, They might be just out off the bed roaming around, but a lot of them I've found already go right back out to bait and start suspending and eating, go right back out to brush or structure. And so that post-spawn transition happens almost as soon as the spawn starts. You wow! Know, and there's different waves of spawners that come up, but it's not, I'd say probably already over half the fish are done spawning, maybe more on the Coosa River.
0: So as soon as they spawn, they, they, they get off to bed, they go back. I mean, where are, are they going out to the, uh, I mean, I know Logan, a lot of fish go out to the middle of the lake and, and, and chase mm-hmm. shad balls and, uh, is mm-hmm. Is there a particular depth or type of area that, you, that you set up that you look for fish postpone? Is it like you got the, you know, you got the shallow for the bed, then postpone. And then in the summer it's, it's, you know, it seems to move out even a little, a little
1: further, a little deeper, maybe. Yeah. Um, so right now what I've been doing is when I'm going down the bank, like I guided it, uh, I had a guide trip at Logan Martin last week with two high school kids, um, brothers. And I posted on my YouTube page on my Joey fishing page and i would go i was looking out off the bank while they were fishing the bank because i didn't want to steal the targets on the bank because the guy in the front if he knows how to vacuum them up can do that pretty easy um so i would look with my live scope and i would i'm learning this year big time just because i'm better with live scope than i was last year and so i'm already seeing like females that have spawned and are just floating out in the middle of nowhere, like basses that, that are just swimming three feet below the surface, over 25 feet of water, just cruising around and nibbling stuff that they swim by, you know, eating bait that they swim by. So I've caught a lot of fish doing that. And it's really amazing. I mean, Smith Lake is the biggest place where they do that. Like as soon as they get done spawning, they start schooling up and they start roaming points and out in open water in these big schools. And that's really fun. But the Logan Martin bass, they, it's kind of a, you know it's up in the air there'll be fish that go and sit on brush piles when they're resting and recovering from spawning there'll be some that go sit on deep points um there'll be some that stack up on current related places if you have good water movement which we might get after this next rain or you know after a rain in the spring you might get that good water movement and then they'll stack up on deep current places which really are typically summer places too So that transition happens just faster than people realize.
0: Yeah. It's faster than I realized. I didn't, I didn't know that the Mm -hmm. females only came in
1: for, for one to two days. Yeah. They're not up there long. And then there's other things that'll hold them like a bluegill spawn or a shad spawn, which that'll start in the next couple of weeks. So that'll hold some fish shallow for sure. But they just—they're kind of in limbo right now, and there are fi- there are post spawned fish to be caught, and a lot of the time they are your—you know—they're spawned out females, which is a, a good fish to target if you want to catch a big one.
0: Yeah, because they back out there hungry and and a little bigger fish, right? Well, speaking of yes, speaking of bigger bigger fish, I, you know, me and you've had some really really good conversations, and you've given us some great insight in the past on kind of the state of the Kusa and and you know and you know the size of the fish numbers of fish you're catching and things like that man just just looking at it this spring it seems to be that there's some pretty good weights i mean some bigger fish being caught
1: yeah the weights have been pretty good um across the board they're not what they were five years ago i mean there was a lot of tournaments five years ago where like 15 pounds didn't get you paid and now there are occasional ones where it's like that Um, where a lake just pops off and the conditions are right. And you have one of those weekends where it's just fish is really good. Like Neely Henry, um, a few weeks ago took 15, I think it was, there was like 30 bags over 15 pounds. Wow. And so, I mean, that kind of stuff happens, but it's overall as a whole, it's still not, it's not what it used to be, but there's plenty of big fish out there and there's plenty of fish out there. And I, I think we'll see the lake slowly start to recover and the fish Um, recover and come back they you know fish cycle up and down Logan Martin three years ago for example it didn't have that many crappie in it like the crappie fishing went got tough a couple years ago and then last year they started showing up again but nobody was really targeting them and now this year they're like just everywhere there's really nice sized crappie all over the lake and lakes cycle up and down and so you just kind of got to deal with the the ups and the downs, but we're blessed with so many different lakes to go target. Sure. If one of your lakes is fishing tough, go to another one and go learn it and explore. You don't have to experiment. go far,
0: do you? Right.
1: Yeah. Nope, you don't. Yeah. yeah. Logan Martin might be fishing tough or something, but go to Mitchell or Jordan or, or lay or, or go to, uh, Smith Lake or, you know, something like that. There's a lot of, a lot of places to go. We're very fortunate. Yeah. I,
0: I had somebody telling me the other day that, uh, that this is the best crappie, you know, this is crappie fishing like it was 10 years ago. Uh, on logan and that the 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 crappie have really just taken off and yeah uh, and the size is great catching some big fish
1: yeah Uh, it's like 11 to 14 inches on average and they're just they're everywhere so
0: i mean i know that when you're out bass fishing i'm sure you see the crappie as well kind of Mm -hmm. where where are they right now are they have they already gone up on the bank and are they Post spawn or 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 some uh, crappie kind of go in waves too, and I guess bass do as well. But you know, it's not like all of them go in at the same time. So you probably got some in different different areas.
1: Yeah, you do. And I saw the transition happen in the last week or so, where a lot of them were shallow. Like you you could go up to a super shallow stump, and there'd be a couple crappie spawning on it. And you could throw something on live scope, like a little jig, and call them off the stump and catch them or a shallow brush pile, or there's also been, like, I'll see schools of a 100 or more just kind of swimming around in the back of a pocket, like super, super shallow, like, you know, three to five feet, and it'll wow. look like big big shad. There's so many of them, but you throw a crappie jig at them, and they're crappie. They're all, you know, 10 to 13-inch crappie just swimming wow. around, and there's, thousands, there's, kind of, there's really thousands of them in some places. It's crazy, and then I have already seen fish offshore on brush piles. There's already post-spawn ones out deep, crappie, and there's post-spawn ones just suspended floating around out there kind of recovering and eating shad just like the bass do so they're just once you find out how to look at them and see which ones are crappie, they almost look like bass on live scope but they're a little smaller um not quite not much smaller but a little smaller and they sit a little tighter together and they don't swim quite as fast as bass do and that's kind of how you can how you can figure them out they kind of cluster up a little different and they swim slower but it's just, they're everywhere. It's kind of incredible. And I hear Weiss Lake has been down a little bit on the crappie fishing over the winter and stuff like that. And Logan Martin is through the roof, and I'm sure it will cycle back around. Um, I'm sure I think it humans will. Have a big. I think humans play a big role in that. We go to a lake, especially with crappie, and you'll get, everyone finds out they're biting, so you get thousands of people out there keeping 30 crappie per person, and it beats them up in a year or two. And then the other lake gets ignored, and then that lake comes back, and the size grows up, and like it just goes back and forth. Nature finds a way. I know that
0: Auburn uh, was going to be working with the state of Alabama on a a new research program. Their fisheries department they're they're wanting to research how live scope is affecting the crappie fishing. You know, with bass, it's I mean, obviously it's a, a giant advantage if you are really good with it, right? And I mean, and everybody's using it now, but with bass, you can you throw back the fish uh most all the time and so it i mean some die sure some people catch a few keep them sure but crappie like you said man you're you're, if there's two men in a boat they're catching 60 fish a day yeah uh if they're being honest they may be catching more than
1: that and they're keeping every one of them i think there should be more man it's good to let the bigger ones go you know keep your 11 11 and 12 inches let the 13 to 15 inches you catch go those are your big females and the smaller ones are better to eat anyways, you know, that's right. stuff like that. Stuff like that would be smart. And that's, I, I hope people, you know, kind of are more aware and, and do that. But the fact is, like you said, if it's a crappie and it's a keeper, it's normally going in the box and coming home and that's I right. eat them too, but I don't want to stock, I don't want to stock 20 bags of crappie in my freezer. I go catch three or four, you know, get three or four bags in the freezer. So I have a meal for a few nights and eat them over the course of a month, but I don't want to have, I don't have like 30 bags sitting in my freezer. Like I could, if I wanted to, but it's just no point. I'd rather go catch them post-spawn or, you know, just understand and keep catching them throughout the year and catch them, eat them fresh and then, and not over, you know, over abuse the, the resource. You know? Yeah. Catch them when you
0: want, when you, when you, when you want them mess to eat. Right. And then, uh, yep, I mean, I and, do. and Hey, there's, there's nothing wrong with catching crappie and throwing them back.
1: If you don't, if you that's have true, a freezer full already, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's all, it's all, uh, it takes some common sense. We, we should think about things other than ourselves in yeah. some ways. So we do have dominion over fish and they're great to eat, but it's, it's not a bad idea to protect the resource.
0: Yeah, that's for sure, man. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you, buddy. I know you, uh, you, you're, you're leaving out of town, uh, later this weekend, right? Headed to, uh, to Little Bend.
1: Yep, I'm uh getting ready to head there for the Bassmaster Open. Uh we've got Good Friday service and, and uh all that kind of stuff and, and uh it's Easter weekend, like you said, and it's just I'm excited to spend the weekend with my family and then head out of town and go to a tournament and glorify God everywhere we go. So
0: Man, amen, brother. Well well, good luck to you. Good luck to you for sure and in, in the open and, and Toledo. Man, I know that's a that's a fun lake to fish. I've been able to fish it several times myself, and you catch it at the right time of the year. There can be some mighty big bags come out of there.
1: Uh, definitely.
0: So definitely good luck to you there. But hey, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, Joey, uh, what's the best way for them to contact you?
1: Uh, you can go through my website, and it's joeyfishing.com, dot com, and I have a contact request form that you just fill out and email and it; sends it to me and submit it to me and I'll respond. And then, uh, also through, you know, Instagram and Facebook, my Joey fishing pages, they can send me a message on that. And then y'all can watch my YouTube videos. If you're interested, I've been, I've got three new ones coming out in the next couple of weeks, and then I will be also recording and, and making some videos for all the Bassmaster open. So they can follow along with our, you know, our lives and adventures on that as well.
0: That's awesome, man. Very cool. We'll be sure and check that out. Well, Joey, Thank I appreciate you. it, man, as always. Stay safe out there and look forward to talking to you again soon, brother.
1: Yes, sir. Have a great day. All right, you too.
0: All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by AFCO. Family-owned and operated, AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus-year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O.com for On the Water Performance gear. Also brought to you by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metalworks and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metal Works and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight pictures lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnerville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a north alabama fishing guide all right guys welcome back to the show uh great first segment there on the man love having joey on here y'all be sure and give him a call if you want to book a trip on the uh it's pretty obvious he knows what he's doing there that's for sure and and uh hey he does the bass and Sounds like he can do some crappie if you want that. But, man, let's go up north. I know everybody always wants to hear from some Gunnersville folks. And, man, oh, Brent Crow up there knows how to do it. And I welcome him to the show. What's going on, Brent? Well, just trying to warm up right now. <laughs> Dang, y'all got a call. It got a little chilly up there this morning, didn't it?
2: It's still chilly. 49 degrees. It's rained all day and the wind's blowing. And I didn't dress for it, my client didn't dress for it. So we we wind up quitting a little early. The fish, you know, it didn't affect the fish though. We were we uh, were on pickwick today, and smallmouths were biting. But it, I guess there was a there's a point where when you can't feel your hands and your feet, that um, it's time to go.
0: Man, when you're not dressed for it and you're on the water, it it it's that cold. It just gets in your
2: bones, man. You just can't get it off of you. I know. There's no warming up <laughs> I mean, you know, when you're wet. When you're wet and the winds blowing and it makes Uh-oh. it even worse too. So,
0: yeah, so y'all were smallmouth fishing.
2: Yeah, um, we caught several smallmouth, caught a couple of largemouth. But you know, for the most part, every lake up here on the Tennessee River, Smith Lake, the fish are spawning, so they're they're shallow, and you know it's it's a good time to be out there, even in this bad weather. They still bit again today. Um, I think this is the earliest we've had a spawn in about four years because it's been so cold and. and had too much rain over the last three years so fish spawning a little bit early this
0: year Uh, that's good man so you know you mentioned the smallmouth so are you you know i i know that we hear all all about the the fall live bait bite for smallmouth but i mean are you going out and targeting smallmouth this time of year or is it just when you're fishing these spawning fish you might catch a largemouth you might catch a smallmouth
2: it's for the most for the most part, it's we target smallmouth. You can't do it all year. The best time is March and April, and then in the fall you can target smallmouth. Of course, the summertime uh, if you're going to go smallmouth fish, You have to go at night, but you know when the smallmouth when the smallmouth are spawning. I mean, they they act, they're actually easier to catch than largemouth. You just can't see them because they spawn deeper. But if you know where they are, you can take them, like Berkeley uh, General and wacky rigged and you know they're five or six feet deep like i said you're not going to see them but they're pretty aggressive and i mean we caught one today had two hook marks in his mouth so that was the, that was the third time wow has been caught this week probably So you know it it don't happen you know for about two weeks out of the year it's, it's pretty easy to catch them up at, up at pickwick and then you know but there was quite a few boats around today and it looks like it looks like most people caught caught fish so and you know there's some biggest I had one today i I wound up and lost at the boat he, i had my I, I was on the right side of the boat and he went under the boat, jumped on the left side of the boat, and come off. Uh, that was the biggest one I've seen in in the last week or so, probably six pounds but goodness we caught some we caught several threes, a few fours and a five or two today, so it was a good day
0: That's a good day that's a good day out of the small mouth. Differ spawning wise than than the largemouth. Or they they just stay out deeper.
2: Yeah, the... it's going to be they're going to be deeper and they're going to be they like pea gravel stuff and, and rock. You know, largemouth you'll see in the backs pockets around bushes and stuff like that. You'll never see a smallmouth in two foot of water around a bush spawning. They'll they'll spawn out on the river, you know, on the edge of the river. They 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 try to get out of the current a little bit. But you know, they they may be stumps on on the edge of the river channel they spawn by but seems like pea gravel is the best best place for
0: them yeah yeah well what about the largemouth are they they're up there spawning right now as well
2: yeah yeah i'm for right now is uh, i think every fish in the lake is spawning and it's pretty easy over there to, you can actually see the beds where they uh, made the beds in the grass and you, know, you don't even have to see the fish you can just look for the spot but largemouth on wheeler it and and smallmouth on Wheeler spawn and Wilson same way and fish and Smith have been spawning for three or four weeks all the spots and large there so you know it, it's it's really rare that they all do it at one time on every lake and right that, that that's been the case it, you know we had all those 80 degree days in March and the water jump got up and had a full moon I guess tonight or yesterday so it's gonna be an early spawn this year and that, hopefully that gets the you know next thing will be coming up be the shad spawn which I wouldn't expect to take Another week or two, of warm weather, and you'll have the shad spawning. So that's always fun too.
0: Yeah, that's a fun time too, right? Well, when you're when you're targeting the the you know the largemouth right now, and let's just say in full with all the grass, I'm, you know, what are you what's what's kind of your go to? Some of your go to techniques to catch them.
2: I you know it's just hard to be a wacky general. I mean, when they're spawning, it it seems like that's always the best bait. I like to do some different things. I'll Texas rig like a jigger a crawl sometimes but uh and I, then I'll throw a uh, one of the things I've really done, done a lot lately is is throw a um accent Magnum Hitworm on a like a flick shake head. Fish are a little bit deeper if it's really windy just you know too too difficult to fish a a weightless uh bait and I'll put it on the flick shake head and that's that's worked really well since uh, I started doing that two or three years ago.
0: Yeah. They still catching a lot of big fish up there right now? I mean, is it, how, how's this kind of stacking up compared to other years as far as quality, you think?
2: I think at Gunnersville, it's been solid. I, you know, I think it's, it's gotten better and better the last few years. It got down, you know, 2018-19, it was, it was tough to catch big ones, but I think the lake is, is really full of four and five pounders now. Hopefully it'll continue and they'll get to be six and sevens like they were in like 2013, but I think the quality of are definitely good. Wheeler's been phenomenal. I think you know those are the are, are the two best lakes on the chain right now. Pickwick is great for smallmouth, but the largemouth seem to be struggling at Pickwick. I'm not sure the exact reason. I think the lack of grass has hurt it a little bit, but uh, it doesn't seem like the largemouth population is as strong as it is. Although the smallmouth population, I think it, it, it's like it always is. It's pretty strong.
0: Yeah, and getting stronger. Isn't it weird? I mean, it, it's crazy to, you know, I get to talk with people all over the state that, that fish different lakes, and it's, you know, I, I think it was, what, like three years ago, it seemed like Pickwick, for, for the largemouth, it, it seemed like Pickwick was the hottest lake on, in the state. Other people were struggling, and it, it felt like Pickwick was was fishing really well. And then, you know, it's just – and now it's not fishing as well for for a large mouth and it's just it's weird how these lakes cycle like that
2: it is and you know i think the one thing that is consistent when lakes start going down is, is if they had grass and then they you know they get rid of it spray it or whatever happens but uh i think that's been the biggest thing for pickwick and, and you're right i mean probably four years ago three years ago i mean it there were all kinds of tournaments where there was 25, 27 yeah. pounds of large mouths. I mean, you know, some, some really solid fishing on the ledges and then of course in the spring too and then the ledge fishing the last few years just goes down every year and, and I think that's only that's just the result of the population not being as strong. But yeah, in another lake that was really, really good about four or five years ago was Eufaula. I yeah, you know, I thought it was probably as good as any lake in the in the state. I think it was four years ago and then Got rid of all the grass and it's gone down ever since. I I have seen though it looks like they If I was coming back this spring, I've seen a lot of a lot of posts and, and uh, pictures of some decent largemouths. Whereas the last few years it's been really tough. So hopefully the same thing happens with bigwig. You know it gets uh, it'll it'll bottom out and then the largemouth population will will come back. But there is some grass this year, which is a good thing. There's just not as much as there usually is.
0: Man, you know we know have that
2: we, or what.
0: we we have this we've had this discussion a lot on here, and and you see, I, I don't I don't care what anybody says. When you remove grass from the lake, it affects the fishing. It just does. the 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 state Auburn Fisheries and all these people can say what they want, and and maybe it doesn't affect uh, affect the growth rate. Maybe it's just that when you have grass, those fish are more concentrated in it. And, and it, you know, it's more of a target rich environment for us fishermen. I don't know, but I know that every lake that you see, when they, when the grass leaves the fishing and the weights, they go down. Yep.
2: I mean, I've, I grew up in in Hartford, which is 15 minutes from Wheeler and Decatur, you know, so I've, I've fished wheeler my entire life and when i first started fishing in the 80s before the internet it, wheeler was the best lake in the history of the world nobody really knew it because you know there wasn't any social media or anything but i mean i used to i mean it was unbelievable the the weight that used to come out of wheeler back in the day and and it was at the time it was it's full of millful you know and i'm talking about a little tuesday night or 30 pounds winning five fish yeah. all the time you know something like that these days it, i mean they would be known as the best lake in the world but they killed the grass in the 90s b a did and then the, the lake went down so fast i mean it was 14 pounds was a big bag in the 90s in the late 90s and then we actually had the grass come back a little bit in around 2004 or 5 and the fishing came back it started taking 20 pounds to win again the grass goes away Fishing goes down. And then about three years ago, we started getting eelgrass, which we've never had. And then eelgrass started growing. Then we wind up with some hydrilla. And then all of a sudden, Wheeler exploded again, 25 pounds win a term. And unfortunately, last year, I think they sprayed as much as they possibly could because I have, I have not found any green grass growing on Wheeler this year. And, you know, the fishing is great now, but this will be the last year of it. If the grass, if no grass comes back, then you're gonna start you'll see it start going back down. I mean it's there's no question a healthy lake with a, with a healthy amount of grass, you know, it really helps the fishing in the population and but and you like you said, when you get rid of it, it's going down.
0: It's going down. That's all there is to it. At Wheeler, what's their reasoning for getting rid of it? Why are they spraying
2: it? They want of course T V A doesn't really admit to spraying it or or publicizes it. I mean, but we saw airboats out there every day last year but supposedly it gets in the intake at the nuclear plant they put all kind of stuff around the intake they've got these barges that are on poles that try to block the grass from coming but you know i don't understand why you you know tva has a hundred however many engineers working for them surely somebody can figure out a way that they can have an intake that don't get clogged up with grass
0: you would just think there would be i mean seriously you're right and, and you know, I know, like on Logan Martin, they they spray for recreational reasons. Uh, that's probably one too. They probably spray for that as well. For the uh, you know, it's a it's a TVA
2: uh, lake. And, well, um, well, they didn't. Yeah, the the lake was built for for power and flood control, not for fishing. Right. And, and not for know, fishing. That's that.
0: Yep. But I think a big part of it on there is for recreational. Uh, users so that, uh, y- 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 but these lakes, none of these lakes we're talking about are shallow lakes. They, I mean, right. you've got your pockets, but when you come off the bank, 10, 15, 20, you know, 30 feet, it's too deep for grass anyway. Well,
2: you know, if it's, if it's, they're talking about recreational people, like ski, you know, skiers, jet skis, whatever, if there's grass there, they don't need to be running you know, you are you don't need to be skiing when where grass is growing. So it actually probably helps. I mean, you, you know. You, yeah. If it's so shallow, if
0: the grass is growing, you don't need to be skiing right there. Right. Yeah,
2: but. They, uh, the problem is, you know, it's it's not, there's nothing you can do. I mean, they pretty much do what they want to do. And unfortunately, you know, I think at Gunnersville, I think is probably the only place where they, you know, they spray a little bit. They spray around ramps and and uh, docks and stuff. But, you know, if if Gunnersville didn't have the reputation and the entire city of Gunnersville and Scottsboro didn't depend on the lake for for uh, their existence, then they probably would spray all of it at Gunnersville too. You're
0: right. You're right. Yeah.
2: But there's too much money
0: involved with it in Gunnersville. They ain't going right. to do it. They're just going to spray where they have uh-huh. to, which is what they yeah. ought to do everywhere, spray where you have to spray and leave the rest of it alone. Because this fishing industry, man, is, is it brings a Generates a lot of revenue for these places.
2: I would think that the city of Decatur would, you know, if you had the right people in charge of the tourism in Decatur, they might could make a difference. But we, I don't think we've ever had that. You know, it's a, you know how it is. I mean, any lake that, that is famous nationally, I mean, there's people go to Gunners. Right now, I guarantee you could find 20 different states in the parking lot.
0: Guarantee parking you. That's right.
2: And, you know, if Wheeler... I'm I'm telling you, when when I grew up, when I was growing up, Wheeler was better than gunner's ever was. Just nobody knew it because there wasn't any way really of publicizing it. But you know, and it could be that way again. I mean, it's it's got everything you need for for a a great fishery. Just need the grass back.
0: Need the grass back. I don't know. Maybe all that'll change in the in the future, and these engineers will figure out some way to to, (laughs) to be able to run their run their plants without uh without killing all the vegetation. So we'll see. Anyway, hey man, before I let you go, uh, I got to get a tip of the day from you. If somebody's going to come up to Guntersville or Pickwick or on the Tennessee River uh, this weekend, what would your tip be?
2: I would definitely look for, for for spawning fish, even if you can't see the beds. Just you know where you think they would be spawning fish. I tell you one thing that I've I've noticed uh, this week especially: the slower you can fish your wacky worm, or Flick, shake the better i think uh i've had a lot of clients that wanted to move it too much too too quickly and, and it seems like once i got them to slow down their catching improved a lot so just remember take your time fish slow and uh you'll i think it'll pay off
0: uh, that's a great tip and uh that's, that's uh, you'd be you'd be fussing at me in the boat my ADD would kick in i'd be trying to fish it too fast you'd be fussing at me but you
2: you know even if you can't see one on bed you have to when you cast and you're working you have to imagine that that one's looking at it so you got to let it let it sit there and tempt him a little bit more as opposed to taking uh, away and and making another cast
0: that's good stuff buddy that is that's good stuff hey look if somebody wants to book a trip with you uh man i know you, you you're fishing you know several different lakes up there on the tennessee chain uh what's the best way for them to contact you
2: they can either call me or uh, my website is NorthAlabamaBass.com. Um, and I'm also on Facebook. So. You get, what's your phone number? 256-466-9965.
0: Good stuff, guys. All right, man. Uh, guys, y'all be sure to reach out to Brent if you're looking to book a trip up there. Uh, you won't won't regret it, I guarantee you. Y'all catch some fish and you'll learn a lot. Brent, man, I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for taking the time uh- to Join us today. always love having you on, and I look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend.
2: All right. Thank you for having me. All
0: right, buddy. Take care. All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Photonis 16mm filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and our hybrid filmless 18mm image intensifier tubes. These ultra light, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular, the PD Pro B 16 millimeter binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, masters of darkness. Also brought to you by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has produced the best engineered and finest quality feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. The Texas Hunter brand has become synonymous with quality and durability. By sticking to premier standards, the company delivers tough, long-lasting products that meet the real-life needs of anglers and hunters across America. Their fish feeders, deer feeders, hunting blinds, and outdoor accessories are among the highest rated in the industry. You can trust that your purchase from Texas Hunter products will meet your needs for generations to come. To learn more, visit TexasHunter.com. Also by outdooralabama.com that's where i learned the basics of how to hunt and fish including what's in season and which license to buy learn more at outdooralabama.com go hunt go fish get outdoors this message was brought to you by the alabama department of conservation and natural resources all right guys welcome back to the show great segment there from the tennessee river pickwick and gunnersville with uh brent and, man, y'all give him a call, book a trip with him. It uh, sounds like he's on a fish up there. And it sounds like they show bedding up there right now. That's uh, It's a good thing, man, fun way to fish. But, man, let's uh, let's come back down south and to the Tallapoosa. I can't wait to talk to my next guest, Mr. Eric Cagle. How you doing, Eric?
3: Hey, man, I'm doing good, doing real good. It's man, I- springtime, and we're, we own them up here. Down here, I should say.
0: I will just been to say, I'd ask you how you're doing. Heck, I already knew the answer to that. I've seen enough of your Facebook posts to know how you're doing. You catching the fish.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's been, like I said, it's been a good spring so far. We're, we're writing the, the, the gist of it. We've had a lot of water, a lot of water this year. So it's kind of shaking things up a little bit, but it's still good. It's still real good fishing over, you know, down here right now. On, I, been on really been on uh martin and, and jordan mostly so, but uh but both both lakes are, are spitting them out
0: good deal so you yeah I was, that's my next question i was going to ask you which one is mainly where you is mainly fishing i know you did a lot on martin i didn't know if you came over to logan or anywhere on the coosa but yeah i guess you go over to jordan a good bit
3: yeah i, I fish jordan and mitchell i kind of jump around and um this time of year I, you know predominantly on lake martin but I do. I ran three trips this week on Jordan and uh, one trip last week on Mitchell. So I I, I do kind of skip around a little bit just to to you know for a change of scenery, basically.
0: How does the fishing? How does the crappie fishing differ, or does it differ between? I mean, Lake Martin's a different animal, uh, and it's so much different than Mitchell and and Jordan. Do they fish a lot different? Yeah, I mean they they
3: do. Uh, uh, some of the same similarities. I mean, those fish do about the same thing. They just usually do it at different times, uh, you know. And, and it's weird and it's different about every year, really. I mean, uh, some some years, Martins ahead of you know the Coosa. and uh, this, this year I think that you know the Coosa was a little bit of ahead of ahead of the Tallapoosa River system as far as spawning goes. But everything got kind of a little messed up this year with i mean we had like 12 inches of rain down here in, in you know two days so i think this is as high as our river's been down here since 91
0: wow so you
3: know yeah since I, i'm i'm pretty sure that's right 1991 we had we had an, enough water to get the river out of the banks and close some roads down and stuff like that so we you know we just had a lot of rain uh two weeks ago and in my lifetime, I'm 39 years old. In my lifetime, I don't I don't think that I can remember seeing uh, Lake Martin muddy, the whole lake nearby. There's a couple of spots that are not around Collider Bridge and a few of those places. But, pr- you know, pretty much other than that, the whole lake, you know, is stained or muddy. So I don't remember ever seeing that, you know, and I'm in 91. I was too young to remember, but it hadn't happened in the last, you know, 20 years, I can tell you. So yeah, it's, uh, that's something we're having to work around, you know, right now too. But, but yeah, they fish, uh, you know, the Tallapoosa and Coosa River changed th- as far as presentation and all, they they fish, you know, kind of similar, but like I said, those fish are usually, you know, a couple of weeks behind or ahead of the other place. So you just got to kind of, you know, kind of stay on top of them. And the Coosa the River, the only other thing that affects it really is the, the coosa river chains some of the bite there depends on water flow and uh you know right. lake martin water flow is really not a you know it doesn't play into it as much on lake martin but it does on the coosa river chain well
0: how do the fish uh have have they what percent of the fish do you think have already moved up and spawned? i mean are some of them already moving back out uh, are there still another wave or two to come in uh where you think we add on that you know, I know some
3: of those fish have spawned, uh, and I'm speaking Lake, on Lake Martin right now. I'm pretty sure about all of those fish have spawned, and, and the ones that hadn't, they're not going to spawn. Jordan right now, the Coosa River, um, some of those fish have spawned also. And some of the fish I cleaned yesterday, you can, I can always tell, you know, when they hold those eggs for so long and they're not going to lay on those eggs, start turning white, they get like a milky color to them and and when they do that they're stagnant. So they're you know those fish those fish won't lay those eggs. I mean they'll they'll absorb
0: them. Now walk me through that. Why would a fish not lay their eggs?
3: Well I mean that that fish can be up up shallow and you get a front, a cool front come through or just a ton of rain or, you know, anything that's unstable. Stability is what they need to spawn. Mm -hmm. And uh you know we hadn't had any of that, you know, this spring. I mean everything's been unstable you know, whether it be a cold front or just a ton of rain, you know, water level dropping, rising, uh, we we just hadn't been real stable around here this spring, and that you know that's not to be honest with you, that's not really good for the fish. No, huh? um, you know, that fish may be up shallow trying to spawn, and we get a cold front overnight, and and that water drops, and she has laid a few eggs, but she holds the rest of them and goes back out. And just doesn't come back up to, you know, she just pretty much holds those eggs and, and, uh, you know, they pretty much absorb those eggs that they don't lay is, is, is what they do.
0: Well, but, and that uh, can be, I, like I you said, that's not good for the fish. I mean, I can, I can, you know, you miss a good year of spawn and that can really impact you a couple of years down the road. I, I, you know, I knew that fish would move up, move back out depending on rise or fall of the water temperature things like that but i guess in my mind i'd always just assumed that they would just hold those eggs until they get ready to move back in and still come in and lay them i didn't um i didn't really realize that those fish would would go out there and not come back and just absorb the eggs
3: yeah yeah they, they do and i mean and some of you know especially the the juvenile fish i mean the young the younger females they a lot of those fish don't lay um you know the older fish will but you know, a lot of those juvenile fish, when we clean them every year, I mean, they, they got a full egg sack that's just, you know, turned white. So, you know, that's that's kind of how that works. But, but no, I mean, even the bass around here, even the spots, we catch some spotted bass and some of these folks like eating spots and we'll clean a few of them here and there. And, uh, you know, even our, our spotted bass, you know, some of those fish didn't lay out. I mean, they're still full of eggs. And, wow. you know, they, they usually lay before the crappy do. Right. So it's just i think it's just been you know like i said a real real unstable spring so far
0: yeah ain't no doubt so, it has it has been uh, so how are you targeting the fish right now are you are you still up shallow or have you kind of backed back up a little
3: yeah i mean those fish are mostly you know 12 to, to 20 foot of water i mean they backed off a little bit and you know usually when they go up shallow to spawn they'll kind of when they get done, they'll kind of come back out and and, and stage on you know the first shallow brush that, or structure that they they can find. But you know the we call it the the funk period. I mean, it, there's a there's about a two week period after the fish spawn that that's you know it's just slow. I mean, it, those, those females just kind of like a a woman giving birth. I mean, you know she's sick for a little while. So yeah. you know when those when those females go up and lay those eggs there's about a two-week period there where, where they're sickly and, and, you know, they don't want to eat. And I think a lot of them, you know, on Lake Jordan right now is going on. I think they spawned what was going to spawn, spawned a week or two ago, and uh, it's hard to find a big female over there right now. I mean, you can catch all the males you want and small females, but those, those you know, that bigger class fish, that, that older class of, of female, is just non-existent over there right now. Oh, and bizarre. I think they they kind of go and, and sit in the mud until they get the, you know, feeling Hell better up, and then that's right. you know, they, they show back up, you know, after, after they, they recover. So that's kind of where Jordan's at. We, we're going to fish a little tournament on Jordan more. I canceled a trip cause it's going to rain all day and they're having a little tournament over there. And so I'm going to, I'm going to go over and fish it. But, uh, I, I don't, to be honest with you, I, I got it over there several days this past week and I, I just, like I said, I, I hadn't seen a lot of big, you know, really big fish. I think we, we had 68 fish yesterday and, you know, out of those 68 fish, I mean, we only had like one, you know, one, two plus pound fish. So, you know, it's just, there, there's a ton, I mean, a ton of little fish. I mean, you can catch all the, the eater fish you want over there right now, which that's a good thing. I mean, a lot of, a lot of two-year-old fish on the coast chain right now, so, Two years ago we had they had a heck of a spawn for sure. But uh maybe maybe it won't hurt it too bad this year.
0: Yeah, hopefully hopefully not. And and uh, I mean there's you know, I, I know me and you've talked about Lake Martin before. It's just you know, slap there's just a ton of crappie in the lake and I'm sure it's the same way in, in on Jordan. It's just uh, so maybe it won't hurt too bad. Yeah, I was talking I was talking with uh I had a guest on, I guess. Week before last, up at Pickwick, and he was talking about a tournament they just had up there. I think it was seventeen and a half pounds. That's a pretty big weight, isn't it? I mean, seven fish. A that's two and a half, almost two and a half pound average.
2: Pounds.
0: Yeah,
3: I, he had to be talking about a bass tournament now. I, would, talking, I would imagine. I mean, he I, was talking about crappie. The the crappie the crappie masters. Uh, and I may be wrong here. on
0: my weight. Maybe he said.
3: Yeah, it, it was it,
0: over it a was two
3: seven. pound average. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I saw the results, but I, I didn't see any 17 pounds. I mean, you, I mean, you talking about Mississippi weights there, but, maybe uh, maybe it was, uh, no,
0: I, I might be wrong. Maybe it was, I swear I thought he said 15 or uh, maybe I'm wrong. It may be a little less than that, but I know it was, that's, that's a, it was like a two and a quarter average or something like that. That's
3: a, that's a big, that's a big weight. No, no doubt. I, I think Crappy USA had a tournament there the same day that the Alabama Crappy uh, Trail had a tournament. I think they could fish both both tournaments there a couple of weeks ago. I think they had a pretty good little turnout, but I, did, I didn't look at the weights, uh, but I don't, I don't remember seeing anything, you know, crazy like that, like seven, I mean, which that, that's not undoable. I'm, I just, I didn't, I, I, you know, I talked to a few guys that fished it and, I didn't I didn't hear about any just monster weights like that, but I think they like I said they did have a pretty good pretty good turnout up there. But yeah, two a two and a quarter pound average is is phenomenal up there. That's phenomenal, sure.
0: right? Yeah. 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 So how no are doubt. you um you know, on on the lakes you're fishing right now? I mean so many so many people fish you know you 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 got people trolling you got people shooting docks you got people i mean you know doing nothing but live scope kind of how are you what's what's your your technique that you're using right now we
3: we cab man pretty much year-round and and unless i'm in mississippi we, we cast i mean we i got a little you know six foot casting rod with you know just artificial bait you know we we just jig fish pretty much but you know, I got a lot of guys that that I've been doing this for a long time, you know, longer than most guys around here. I think this is my ninth year as a full-time guide and, you know, been guiding a little longer than that, but, you know, I got a lot of guys that don't want to look at that live scope. (laughs) So, you know, I got a lot of old school guys that that still enjoy just fishing and, you know, we we do a lot of that too. I just, you know, I throw a buoy out on a brush pile and, and, or, or we shoot docks, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, we do a little bit of everything to be honest with you. I mean, we, we, you know, we live scope fish, open water. Uh, you know, I still got pulling rats We will long line troll. I mean, just pretty much whatever the occasion calls for. Um, yeah. you know, and, and, and like, like I said, I, I still got some old school guys that been with me for, you know, way before live scope or live sonar came out and, you know, I still cater the, to, to those guys too, you know, and I, and I, and to be honest with you, I really enjoy that m- more than, than staring at a screen myself. Yeah. So you know, we we fished uh, this morning, and uh, you know, never <laughs> those guys never looked at a live scope screen this morning. So, you know, it's 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 still a lot of fun doing it the 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 old way. Just you know, pretty much all all I got to have you know this time of year is a a side scan to mark some brush, you know, and throw a buoy on it and, and throw a buoy on back
2: it. off. The
0: well, I I know I got uh I I I got set up to uh, shoot some docks this year. I'd never done it before, so this was my this was my first year to to shoot docks. And uh, man, I went with my my neighbor across the street. He's big crappie guy and 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 very good at it. But uh, dude, I got humbled, Eric. I ain't gonna lie, man. This dude he made <laughs> me look terrible. And uh, shooting the docks wasn't no problem. It, it was amazing to me how fast I learn. It's not that once you do it, it's not that hard, uh, to be pretty darn accurate with it and to shoot it way up under there. But I mean, I'm sitting there in the front of the boat with him with the same jig on, same size jig head on. Mm -hmm. And he was wearing my butt out and, uh, I still, I'm just scratching my head. It was it was so frustrating, and I don't know if he was, if I was letting it sink too much, or I wasn't letting it sink enough. There had to be something I was doing different with my depth. That's the only thing it could have been.
3: It's a a, a lot. Of, I tell I tell these folks every day, especially the guys that, that have, you know have not been with me. But you know, I, I tell these folks every day. I, I'm a I'm a big line watcher. I, you know, I can I can pretty much sit there and, and you know that's. Basically, what I do is sit there until they get used to it and watch their line and tell them when they got a bite so you know there's a lot of different ways of crappy can can hit that bait I mean you can hit it and push it at you he can hit it and turn with it uh you know you can feel your line tight you can feel them suck it in which is the the tick that everybody feels yeah you know there's a lot of different ways they can hit it and you know it's a lot of times it's really really light and you know bite so you know, if if you're not used to it, and uh, another guy is, and he's probably gonna, you know, probably gonna beat you.
2: So, yeah, you
3: know, he
0: he he beat me. all right. <laughs> he tore me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but,
3: but no, it's 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 a feel. I mean, it's you know, it's not, and, and like you said, it's not hard to to learn how to shoot a doc. But you know, the the feel of the bite is is something that that, that takes a little, you know, a little more time, you know, to to feel those light bites and. And know when you got a bite because that's most of the time. You know that's the the, the reason people don't catch a, a fish is is not because they didn't get the bite. It's because they didn't know they had the bite. Right. You know? So that's a that's a big part of it too. But but yeah, we're we're it's it's getting good. The the next two weeks here is only going to get better and better on on Lake Martin and the Coosa River chain because you know more of those females are kind of getting you know to fill them better after the spawn and they're going to they're going to start filtering back to these brush piles and, and, uh, you know, be, be a little easier to catch. So we're, we're looking forward to the, the the next two or three weeks here. Cause like I said, it's only going to get better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And no, now do you know Joey Nania? Who is that now? Joey Nania. He's a bass guy on, um, I didn't know if you knew, uh, he's on Logan Martin mainly. And, and he was on our podcast. He was the first caller today. And, um, but he was talking about the crappie, even though he's, he's a bass guy, but he was like, Brian, I, I'm just seeing, I'm seeing more crappie than I've ever seen on Logan Martin. And he said, I'm just going mm-hmm. in the backs of these pockets, bass fishing. And he said, I'm literally seeing, he said, I know you're going to think I'm exaggerating, but I'm seeing thousands of crappie
2: mm-hmm.
0: in the backs of these pockets in three to five foot of water. He said, it's just blowing my mind how many there are. But I was, you know, uh, that's one reason I was glad that that you were getting on here after him is, you know, if if without live scope, how do you? I, I guess if you got live scope, you see those, you can you can find those fish, and mm-hmm. uh, and target them and go after them. But if you don't have that, uh, it's really because the, these fish are just suspended and they're. I say suspended; they're not in deep water, but they're just roaming. They're not like. On a brush pile, or there's kind of yeah. more in open water. I mean, it's, how, how do you how do you find them? Fish
3: that, that's tough. I mean, you know, you just got to kind of know the pattern. I mean, those fish are back there for a reason. I mean, you know, obviously Logan, if he's seeing them, you know, like now, then a lot of those fish are back there. You know, they're they're going back there to spawn. Um, and and you know, like I said, all these fish up here haven't spawned yet. You know, some of them have, but some of them have not. I think a majority of them have. But uh, there's still some that have not. So, you know, Logan may be, you know, fishing a little different. I mean, a lot of those fish may be up there getting ready or, or actually spawning right now. I mean, the water temperature is about the right temperature for it. Yeah. So, you know, they, they may be – but, you know, as far as finding them goes, I mean, you know, you can side scan and find them. The only thing about side scan is if you're in five foot of water and those fish are two foot under the surface, you're not going to see them. You know, so, I mean, that's the only downfall to – to side scan, if those fish are three foot, you know, three to four foot or less, you know, you're not going to see them. So w- without.
0: And educate me on that. Why can't you see them? And, but I mean, where do can you see them when they're on the, You can you only see them when they're closer to the bottom?
3: Yeah, you can. But I mean, I mean, think about it. That sonar beam coming off your transducer, it goes down, down and out for side scan and your, your transducers are already in the water. You know, back there on the back of your boat, a couple of feet. So, you know, if that fish is two foot deep, or you know, out to the side of your boat twenty, you know, twenty yards, you, you, that that beams going even or below him. You're missing it. You him. know, so you're not you're not going to see those shallow fish. I mean, a 360, <clears throat> a, a hummingbird 360, you can see them. You can ease back here to the back of the pocket and just kind of watch at 360 and see those schools back there that's another, another you know, really good tool that, you know, now that forward-facing sonar has, has come out, you know, the, the, the 360's kind of been outdated, but, you know, it's really, you know, in my opinion, it's still one of the better tools to use, you know, especially when you're chasing schooling fish around, uh, you know, you see, see all the way around the boat and spot a school and then you kind of go to it and, and, you know, utilize the forward-facing sonar to, to present a bait to those fish. But, as far as searching goes, that three hundred and sixty still a it's still a you know a really good tool.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Hey, when do you? I know you you fish. Obviously, you fish a ton of jigs. Uh, I had somebody ask me the other day and, and a question. You know, should should I be fishing jigs with a spinner or without a spinner? Uh, I I normally fish them without. Uh, talk, you know, but but then again, I, I talk to a lot of people that that do use a spinner do you have what, what's your preference
3: man i you know my preference is is without I, I i don't ever use a spinner i uh, never have probably never will you know that's all a confidence thing i mean and and crappy fishing in general you know really probably any kind of fishing is, is has a lot to do with you know what you have confidence what's your comfort? in yeah and and i i don't you know i've just never had confidence in a and a spinner um and it'll probably catch as just as many fish as i catch without a spinner but you know that that's just i don't have any confidence in one so i just don't ever use one um you know I uh, an old an old school beetle spins pro- probably caught more fish than all of us combined you know <laughs> over the years yeah but uh but you know i just i don't have any confidence you know, in, in a, in a spinner. But, but like I said, I, I, that's not saying that they don't work because I know they do work, but uh, I just, you know, prefer, I just don't use one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't either. I, I thought it was an interesting question because I know I, I, I've got some guests on here up on the Tennessee river that that's all they use. And, and uh, it's just, I, it's personal preference, right? I mean, I guess, and like you said, whatever you have confidence in. You know, the,
3: the, Lake Fork over in Texas, they got some big white fish there, and man, I you know that's the only place that I've ever used a a blade on on a on a crappie jig is is over there, and they seem to to like it. But you know, I, I think a uh, you know white crappy, I, I would be more prone to use a a spinner than I than I would on a blackfish, uh, and that's and like I said, that's just a confidence thing. But that's kind of how how I think about it. But uh, but they all work. I mean, if, if if those fish are biting and you get a bait in front of them, whether it's got a spinner on it or not, they're they going to eat it.
0: Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Hey, well, you brought up another great question, and I promise I'll let you go. But but uh, another question I had uh, regarding crappie is the difference in a black and a white crappie as far as are they in the same part of the lake? Do one do you fish for one shallower, one deeper? Is one more aggressive? I mean, do you see them in the same? areas of the lake or if you're are they different
3: uh, i mean you know around here uh you know central alabama i'm, I'm speaking of you know the Coosa river chain and the Tallapoosa both have white and black crappie in them but you know let's just take lake martin for instance you'll catch a white crappie here and there you know really anywhere on the lake you'll catch one every now and then but you know predominantly those fish are going to live up you know close to closest to the moving and stained is water on the lake so if you got moving water up the river run and and you know up around camp ask and all that water stays stained up there more than than the rest of the lake and in the the back of the creeks that's where the white crappie are going to predominantly live you know in in those lakes and it's the same thing on on the Coosa river chain the 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 more stained water is you know is where they're going to live at and if you got moving, moving and stained water, then they're definitely going to be there. So that's that's kind of those blackfish will <clears throat> those the the blackfish here they stray away from stained water. They they don't they don't like they don't like muddy water. Um, but you know white crappie really doesn't doesn't mind it. Huh. So you know if, if if I'm going to a lake around here looking for white crappie, I'm gonna get on Google Earth and and see which part of that lake's got the most stained water, and that's
2: probably where I'm gonna go
0: that's good stuff that's a great tip right there man and and something i sure didn't know so thank you for that that's true
3: here and, and and that's pretty much true i mean i've been i've been to a lot of places over the last six or seven years tournament fishing you know really all over the country but that 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 pretty much holds true everywhere I and mean, you know not not just here i mean that's that's pretty much everywhere i've ever you know ever been that's it holds true you know there too so Maybe maybe that'll that'll help somebody want to catch them a, a a white crappie in these blackfish lakes.
0: Yeah. do 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 you see one size get bigger than the other?
3: You know the I think the world record's actually a black crappie, In a lot of the lakes around the country, the biggest fish are hybrids, which is, which is a mix between a white and a black. Uh, but I think the world record right now was caught in a a pond, actually in a pond in Tennessee a couple of years ago, was five pounds and. Some whatever ounces, I don't remember the exact the exact size, but but yeah, I mean th- they both get big. I mean you you know blacks and whites, but uh, in a lot of especially like in Illinois and you know those areas, the biggest fish they have are, are hybrids. hybrids. Uh, lake Eufaula in Oklahoma, we we were there three weeks ago. The biggest fish in that lake are hybrids. So you know it, it's that and, and like I said, all a hybrid is is just a mix between white crappie and black crappie. Grenada's,
0: Grenada gross. and Sardis are pretty much just black, right? Just white. Oh, they're just whites there?
3: Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, there are some black fish in Grenada and Sardis, but it's, it's I would say, over 90%, you know, white. Or white.
0: Very good. Yeah.
2: Where, white man, people. I appreciate
0: you. I uh, always love having you on here, man, and, and appreciate your time to get on. And, man, you're just a, a wealth of knowledge uh for our crappie listeners and, and man i i know i need to uh i need to i need to book a trip and come down there and fish with you myself but if somebody else is interested in in booking a trip and uh man learning learning a lot and catching not just catching a bunch of fish but learning a lot about about catching them uh you you're the man to call down there so what's the best way for them to contact you
3: Man, they you know, we do, I told you before, we do a little bit of everything. We, you know, we do just fun fishing trips and, you know, we do electronic trips and all that too, to teach you how to use your electronics and, and, you know, and know what you're looking at basically when, when you go out by yourself, but, uh, they, they can call me, you know, my cell phone, 334-558-4097, or, or they can, you know, shoot me a message on Facebook. We. We post all of our trips. I, I post them on my my actual personal page every day. So, if you want to go, you know, just go look at some some fish pictures. They're they're on there pretty much every day. So we're we're booking for. I think we got some days left in December. Yeah, December this year, and and uh, after that, we're we're booking. We're already into twenty four booking right now. So if Good they want to go, they need to they need to give me a, a shout because they, they're filling up quick for twenty four too.
0: So you've already booked up for twenty three. Except no, yeah. for December,
3: yeah, we, we, yep. So that's
0: awesome, man. That's a
3: we book way out. I mean, it, and it's just me. I
0: mean, I got a guy that
3: helps me a little bit, you know, here on Lake Martin. But you know, it's 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 just me. I mean, I, I'm you know, I only run one trip a day. I don't want to run any more than that. But but uh but yeah, we we we've been fortunate. We we work hard at it. I mean, that's you know, we we don't we don't take it lightly. We we get out there and work at it. So you gonna you gonna catch fish when you come with us or, or, or come with me.
0: Well, I follow you on Facebook, and I know you ain't lying because I, I I see your I see your pictures every day, and and uh, and and that tailgate's always full.
3: Oh, man, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you having me on. And yeah, give me a give me a holler if, if you're down this way, and we'll go we'll go wet a hook.
0: That sounds good, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, man. I'm I, I'm I'm looking forward to doing that sometime soon. And uh, stay safe out there, and look forward to talking to you again, buddy. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, Eric. Thanks. All right, guys, let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Killer Doc. I hadn't even realized how bad it was. I was cleaning fish on rotten wood, and after cleaning just a few fish, I was filthy, and I had a sunburn. I tried wearing a hat, but it just couldn't keep me cool. And how was I supposed to clean fish without getting messy? Killer Doc brings the upgrade that not only will keep me cool and clean, it will make being on my dock enjoyable again. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. Also brought to you by National Land Realty. Hey, guys, this is Brian Sand. And not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fisher Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama. But if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344 all right guys welcome back to the show hey i thought it was a great show this week i mean uh man we've got got some bass guys on here talking about large mouth spots we even had small mouth conversations today and then we had eric finished up with him on the talipoos and the uh with some phenomenal crappie information and uh man just uh, appreciate all of our um all of our guys that call into the show—it's just so much knowledge that that they have, and I mean they do this every day. So it's it's a blessing to have those guys calling in. But hey, I wish everybody a happy Easter. Uh, hope you hope you have a have a great weekend and get out there, man and. Um, sunday afternoon or saturday or or next week and enjoy these lakes that we have we're blessed in alabama to have so many great places to fish but that's going to be a wrap for this week's show if you're enjoying the podcast please take a minute to subscribe rate and leave us a review wherever you listen and if you'd like us to email you the show all you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767 we'll email it to you each and every week Go fishing guys. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by L&M Marine has something for everyone. From small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff, now locally owned six miles north of I-10, on. 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. Also brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. You can browse trips and prices by state or species. Select the dates you'd like to go, message outfitters and secure your dates All from one platform, MallardBay.com. And by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And by Fish Bites. For over 20 years, Fish Bites has been helping anglers all along the Gulf Coast and around the world put fish in the cooler. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Bites Fight Club lures or visit fishbites.com. Fish Bites, made in the USA. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator, bringing you the highest quality online satellite fishing charts since 2004. Your source for sea temps, altimetry, currents and watercolor at hiltonsoffshore.com and brought to you by the alabama marine resources division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray triggerfish greater amberjack or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in alabama for more information about snapper check please visit outdoorsalabama.com And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.